we've been in a series on holy moments, looking at uh, moments in the birth of Jesus Christ. And I just want to share one quick thought because I feel like the kids have already nailed it this morning uh, on Go Tell It on the Mountain. But I got to say, good news is fun to share, right? Good news is fun to share. When, when you uh, experience something incredible, it's fun to share. I remember uh, when we were pregnant with Loyal, and I mean, when Katie was, I was just adjacent uh, with Loyal. That well, I was so excited to tell people, and it was easy to share. Right? It's easy to share good news when you have received something good. It's easy to share that, to celebrate that, to recognize that, and so. I just want to read a moment of good news to you this morning. The kids already did such a great job reading it. When we launched this church, we didn't have any kids that were of, that could read. So we did kids' performances. We had finally had one kid that could read, and they had to do all of it. We're lucky we got lots of kids now that could do readings. But I want to go back and read it to you. It's Luke uh, chapter 2, verse 8, and it says this. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And it says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, to the shepherds, and said, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. It says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. I love that phrase, good news. You know, the word good news, to, to bring good news, that phrase, I bring good news, the word there is evangelizo. Evangelizo. It's the word that we get evangelism from. And, and you might have heard that word evangelism, or maybe you've heard of evangelists. Maybe you have, have been to some kind of thing like that, or maybe you were at ASU and, and an evangelist came through to share the gospel, or maybe in your town someone with that title, or maybe you've, you've seen someone uh, on the street corner saying they're evangelizing. You know, you never know how you're going to get that. It's very interesting, this idea of evangelism, though it's birthed out of this word good news. It's interesting in this generation, generation evangelism is not seen as a good thing statistically. As I was studying some social dynamics, it's fascinating that this generation, especially Gen Z, view evangelism in a negative light. Many of them, over 50%, saying it's inappropriate to evangelize. Well, why is that? Because to share good news sounds really exciting. Why, why, would, why would you think it's inappropriate? Well, it's because many have viewed evangelism as, as forcing or yelling or, 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 or forcing your opinion on someone. That somehow evangelism is uh, attached to some kind of colonial idea of, you know, uh, power structures and all of these things. We begin to attach it to, to weird ideas that don't actually associate to it. When at the root, evangelism is just simply sharing something so good that it has to be shared. See, that's the great thing about good news, is that good news doesn't need to be forced, just shared. The word evangelizo, to bring good news. Uh, my daughter, she loves to bake cookies, and she'll bring me cookies, but I'm trying to eat healthy, because you can't eat the same when you're 36 as you did when you're 26 and as 16, and I'm learning that at 36 now. Uh, 
but she'll bring me cookies and uh, because they're good and she wants to share them, right? It's easy for her to share them because cookies are good. Amen? Amen. Now, sometimes I, I, I uh, often I take the cookies, but sometimes I say no. Now, my response to what she's sharing does not dictate the quality of her good news about the cookies or the goodness of the cookies. It's not about my response. It's about her sharing. It's easy for her to share a good thing. And what happens in this moment is that the angels bring good news to a group of people, the shepherds, and they promise that the good news is for all people. And this is good news for us this morning. If you're not aware, the birth of Jesus is good news for all people. The angel says, I bring you good news for all the people. Now, when he's saying all the people, the angel is declaring primarily to the Jews, all of the people. Well, who are the people in question? They were the Jewish people, the people of Israel. But what's awesome is that we know through Scripture that the gospel came first for the Jew and then to the Gentile, of which most of us are. That it came for all of us. What I find amazing about this birth announcement is even if the shepherds were Jewish, they would have been profoundly surprised by heaven opening and choosing them to hear the news. I mean, they don't even know that they're first. But the fact that heaven chose to open up and share the news. You know, when you have a baby, you make a birth announcement, right? And uh, I've, I've seen this happen in my own family where someone or people I know will have a baby and I'll see it on Facebook before, I, before they tell me. And that tells me kind of where I stand in their friend hierarchy, right? N no offense to anyone. Some of you just got nervous, but it's all right. <laughs> no. No, because honestly, this is how it goes, right? You have a baby, and, then, and, I, and I usually kind of know where I am on the list. Like, you know, someone on our team has a baby, and usually they text their parents, right? And then they, they text their really close friends. Then they'll text, like, their team, their church, uh, their pastor, right? They'll, they'll go through the list, right? Who you, who you share that announcement with is really important. Like, we had a baby. It's a big deal. Who you declare that to says, like, usually maybe you have some family in town, and they're there waiting because they want to be a help. Like, that's always nice when that happens, amen? And they're there, and so you tell them. If you had called up, like, the Thai place you get food from every other week and told them before you told your mom in town, she might be upset. Why? Because who you declare it to, it gives them a sense of importance, so one of the first groups to ever know that the Savior was born on the earth, to be that first group says that you're important in a way, right? Because it doesn't necessarily say that you're socially important or militarily important or even civically important. It says you're important to who? The person announcing it. And so it says that the shepherds are important to Jesus. Because Jesus' birth is the most important birth in human history and the shepherds are told first and that would have been shocking to the shepherds because especially when you read uh, the writings of the rabbis at the time shepherds were kind of this uh, synonymous uh, um, or this very consistent definition for being dishonest shepherds were considered very dishonest people so if you were going to pick some witnesses for your birth you probably wouldn't pick shepherds as the first thing they were considered smelly stinky outcasts kind of like uh i don't know like if you like if you were going to announce the birth you might not pick like the biker gang i mean i might that sounds cool but <laughs> but i'm saying culturally right 
So there, there was a sense culturally where it would have been shocking to the shepherds because, and follow this even more importantly, they were considered unclean by the law. So the law had said, because of your activity, you're unclean. So they would have never expected to come near to the Almighty God and to the Messiah. And so this is what's good news. The good news of Jesus Christ, the hope of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, the hope of all to come, came first to those who were made unclean by the law and considered outcasts in their own society. So no matter where you fall, in the realm of, of your own sin, as we are all sinners, no matter where you fall and where you sit in the social ladder, the good news of Jesus Christ is for you. It's been not only spoken, but shown in the actions of the Lord. The shepherds are a vibrant example of who Jesus came for. We are all shepherds. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all need a savior. We are all unclean and outcast from the kingdom without the redemptive work of Jesus Christ and falling on our knees and surrendering our life to him and saying yes to Jesus. But here's what's amazing. No one is too outcast. No one is too unclean for Jesus Christ. And he shows that right at the beginning, that he came and he was born to die to set us free. I find it ironic that there is this idea that shepherds were unclean, untrustworthy, considering Jesus is the good shepherd and David the king was the greatest shepherd uh, of Jewish history at the time. But Jesus came to reset some things and say, listen, I've come to bring good news of great joy for all people. That me, the Savior, Jesus, the Savior, is here. And, and the angel very specifically puts that, those titles in there. The Savior, Christ, the Lord, right? The Savior, right? The one we all need. If we've sinned, we cannot pay the debt of our own sin. We need to be saved. But saved by who? Well, saved by someone who is perfect, who also does not share in our debt. So we have to be saved by Christ. What does Christ mean? It means Messiah. We have to be saved by the one who's come to take away the sins of the world, who is, and the very important word, Lord. What does that word mean? It means he's Lord, master of all things. He has all of the authority. And the angels come and they announce it to the shepherds. Go with me to verse 13. It says, And suddenly there with the angel and a, mul and a multitude of heavenly hosts, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. The shepherds said, hey, let's, let's go. Let's find this person that literally the heavens erupted to tell us about. We don't know why they've chosen to tell us. We don't know why they've picked us, but they've picked us. And guess what? Let's leave these sheep. We might get fired. I don't know. But let's go into town and let's see what's going on because we got to figure this out. And it says when they have that encounter, then they leave and they made known what had happened to them. Not only the saying, but what they had seen. Why? Because an encounter with Jesus, it ignites something within us. 
We say here, one encounter with Jesus changes everything. Amen? The shepherds, they're changed. Why? By an encounter with Jesus Christ. They heard good news, and then they saw good news manifest in physical form, and they went out and shared good news. That's how it works for you and I. We hear good news, we encounter good news, and then we share good news. Verse, that's why verse 17, Luke 2, 17, jump back there, it says, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. This is important. The good news is too good to keep to ourselves. Often we feel like we must be the last person off the Titanic, but we're not. There's many, many, many more people that need to know there's a Savior. Think about it. When we have good news, we share it. It's easy, right? Like when you find a good taco shop, you share it with your pastor because you love him, right? When you get a promotion, you share it. Why? It's easy to share. This changed something for me. When you get engaged, you share it, right? You're like, this is changing something in my life. The problem, I think, if we could be honest, is that many of us have forgotten how good the good news is. Or if we were honest, we're like, well, I got in and I kind of thought it was just for me. And it was for you if you've received it. But remember, can you remember how good the good news was? Do you remember when it changed everything in your life, encountering Jesus Christ? Do you remember when it shifted something inside of you? Do you remember that? Have you read the word of God? Have you read the word that talks about the truth and the life and the freedom? Remember the Holy Spirit? That's not just for you, is it? That's for everyone, it's for all people. But many of the Western church is like, I'm in, I got it, I'm good, this thing is for me. This whole thing is for me to feel more comfortable. And pastor, if you don't make me feel more comfortable, then I'm going to go somewhere else. It's like, surprise, the chair's uncomfortable at all. Good luck at the end of the church. Surprise, we actually talk about the gospel. And it's not just for us. It is for us, but it's not just for us. We don't have bunkers. We're no, we don't have bug out bags of the Holy Spirit. We're here to share, to give, to grow, to expand, to ignite hope in our city. That's the good news is too good to keep for ourselves. As believers, we need to be so moved by the love of Jesus that we can't help but share it. To just, like Henry, just be go tell it on the mountain at the top of, the, at the top of our lungs. Just we can't help but share it. We need to restore some childlike faith. Well, we'll go tell somebody about Jesus Christ. We're not so worried what they'll say about us. We're not so worried how they'll respond. We're just like, the good news is good. And if they don't receive it, it doesn't change whether it's good or not. It's just so good. I got to share it. I got to go tell it on the mountain. I got to declare what God has done. See, the shepherds, they heard and they shared what they had been shown, which was the Savior. They didn't even have the New Testament. Did you know that? That people were still evangelizing without memorizing the whole New Testament? Now read your Bible, become informed of the Word of God. Amen? Right? You know, Paul talks about that, that we can take down lofty arguments and debate and, 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 and those who co would come against with false wisdom. I'm not saying don't read the Bible, but did you know that even the early disciples shared the gospel without the New Testament? They found a way. Why? Because they encountered Jesus Christ and were full of the Holy Spirit. And they shared what they knew. And what was they didn't have a Bible study, 
right? Did the shepherds say like, okay, we need to spend nine weeks of discipleship development. And once we've done that, then we can accurately describe what we've been shown. They're like, nope, we got a good thing. We're going to share it. What, they didn't have a degree. Like, okay, well, now I got to go to Shepherd U. And or, uh, I, I can't make it into Shepherd U, so I'm going to Shepherd State. And that's how it works where I'm from. And uh, <laughs> go dogs, bow down. <laughs> no, what did they say? They say, no, I'm going to go out. I'm going to share the gospel. They didn't even know it was the gospel. They just shared what they had seen. What did they tell? What did they tell then? Because it says in Luke 2.18, all who heard it wondered, or your scripture might say amazed. Luke loved that word amazed. All who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. They were amazed. Luke, lo Luke uses that word 14 times. He loves that word. Amazed. So what did they share? They shared God's story. And they shared their story. And have we, have we overcomplicated it? I think we might have. The good news is just sharing God's story and sharing our story. Sharing God's story, what God has done, who he is, what he's about. Sharing our story, meaning what God has done in our life. See, I love this. The good news of God is amazing. Kitana, you can come up. I say that to say, not only this season I want to encourage you if you've not received the good news to receive it but man if you haven't given it away because you've been afraid I just want to encourage you you have what you need if you felt unworthy or maybe you've been unwilling because you're afraid or you don't want to blow it I just want to say man you have what you need to share the love of Jesus Christ if you've experienced the love of Jesus Christ you have what you need to share the love of Jesus Christ yes people might not receive it yes you might make blunders we've all been there right anyone shared your faith and didn't go great yep amen <laughs> i got many stories if you got stories i got stories <laughs> but can i tell you the good news is amazing it doesn't need to be forced it just needs to be shared and if it falls on good soil amen if it falls on hard ground we pray that it would be softened by the holy spirit but the good news is amazing all who heard it wondered. They were amazed at what the shepherds told them. Jesus is amazing. Did you know that? Jesus is amazing. What he's done on the cross is amazing. What he did in your life is amazing. You might not think so, but it's amazing. What he's doing in your life is amazing. Sometimes the biggest testimony is not only what God has done, but what you're allowing him to do right now in your life and how you're trusting him. You know what a great testimony of the church in recession is? It's not just provision. It's what God is doing in our hearts as he's fashioning us to trust him amidst all things. I want to encourage you this morning to receive the gospel that is good news for all people, that you cannot be too outcast for it, too gone for it, too much of a sinner, too messy, too stinky, too shepherdy for it. It's for you. But if you've received it, can I give you an encouragement? Go tell it on the mountain. Go tell somebody. Man, that we would not get to the end of our life still hoarding it in some sub-basement of our soul, but it would live like the Christmas lights on the top of my roof. <laughs> I risk my life for it just shining out the glory of God. Go tell it on the mountain. Go tell it on the mountain. Would you stand with me this morning? As you do, would you just bow your head, close your eyes?
I want to do two things. One, with your, with your eyes closed and your head bowed, if you've never received the good news, then this is your day. You came because the kids are cute and you were right. But Jesus had bigger plans than just cute kids. In fact, something that really honors what they've done is I know these kids love the Lord too. So if you're here and you're like, man, I've never, I've never received that good news. But I recognize today that I, and I, maybe I've always known in my heart and in my soul that I need a Savior. And so you're willing to say, Jesus, I need you as my Lord and Savior. And you're willing to confess your sin before him and receive the new life and the eternal life that comes through him. Then I want to say this is your moment. And I'm going to invite you in just a second to just raise your hand and say yes. This is between, this is a you and God thing. Everyone does it different. This is how we're doing it today. You're going to say yes to Jesus for the first time. It's one of many yeses. You're going to say yes to him your whole life. Like, God, I, yes, I choose to trust you in this. Yes, I choose to follow you. Yes, I choose to lay this down. Yes, I receive the love from you. Yes, I, I believe that you got good things. There's many yeses that you are going to say throughout your life with Jesus Christ that are going to bring profound freedom and blessing. But this is the first yes this morning that is, yes, Jesus, I need you as my Lord and Savior, and I confess you as my Lord and Savior this morning. And the Word of God says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is risen from the grave and is the Savior, it says the old is gone, the new has come. Everything old has passed away, everything new is received. So if you're here and you would say yes to Jesus, you and him, eyes closed, head bowed, this is you and him right now. If you would say, yes, Jesus, I need you as my Lord and Savior. I need to secure my eternity this morning. Would you do me a favor? Would you just lift your hand up, put it back down, say, yes, Jesus, I need you as my Lord and Savior. I want to pray with you this morning. And here's what I want to encourage you. If you have especially this year, like this is, a, this is a brand new decision for me. And you begin to walk that path and follow so closely to Jesus in that relationship, then I want to encourage you. You had to make that decision by yourself right now, but you don't need to walk that journey alone. We want to walk that with you. So if that's you, at the end of this, would you come speak to me or stop by our next step table? And we want to get you some resources to begin to walk alongside the Lord and with others be empowered in that. But let me pray with you this morning. And just join me in agreeing, Lord God, we just thank you so much that all who call on the name of the Lord are saved. And so I thank you that those who said, yes, Jesus, right now in their hearts, right in this place, that have confessed you as their Lord and Savior, that they are saved, that all their sin is is washed away, that everything is gone and they are made new by you. Their eternity is secured in heaven. And so God, though there are many yeses as we walk out our faith and grow in you, I thank you that today the most important one was made to say, I surrender to you and I receive new life. God, I thank you that there's hope for every future and healing for every past in you this morning. We pray released, be released into the freedom of the Holy Spirit right now in the name of Jesus and be transformed by his goodness and your mighty name, Lord. We pray and all God's people in agreement, everyone who confessed it today say, amen. Okay, that's our last thing we're gonna pray together. Then our prayer team's gonna be up here. I know some of you, you gotta run and get kids. You gotta do things, but we're gonna, uh, Gatana's just gonna be worshiping over us this morning in just a moment. And our prayer team's gonna be here. I know some of you, you got some serious stuff going on this season. You need prayer in your life, amen. Anyone's like, I'm gonna see my family, I need prayer right? Our prayer team wants to pray for you. I know it's church. You're like, get in, get out. But we have seen God move miracles. Amen? Like, move mountains, work miracles. There we go. 
And so I want to encourage you to not feel the Western Protestant compulsion to run out of this place and get tacos, though they're delicious. But if you need God to move in your life and your family, our prayer team wants to pray and believe. So they're going to they're gonna start making their way up here. But I want to pray one last thing for you. If you would say, God, would you help me have the boldness to go tell it on the mountain? I want to pray for you. I'd just be honored to pray with you this morning before anyone comes up for a prayer and I, and I release you. If that's you, would you just kind of lift your hands with me? I'm, I'm kind of praying renewed in that as well. Just the continued boldness to share the hope of Jesus Christ. To not get distracted in this season by all that I have to do, but to be about the, the reason for the season of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit, a boldness upon all those whose hands are lifted up. God, I pray just a boldness upon their mind and their heart, but that is not just a human effort, but is by the Holy Spirit moving them and guiding them. I pray divine opportunities upon you. I just declare over your life, even this week, you're going to have opportunities to speak out the gospel and to share the hope to tell God's story, to tell your story, to tell what he's done in your life and to share that and to point it back to him, to tell what he's doing right now as you're learning to trust him like never before and to point it back to him. And so I pray a boldness in that moment that you wouldn't run away, that you wouldn't be afraid, but you'd just be filled, that you wouldn't hear that lie, the enemy that says you're not perfect, you can't declare the goodness of God and you would reject that lie in that moment and you would say, I don't need to be perfect, I'm declaring the perfect one who's came and who has redeemed me and who lifts me up and who's fashioning me and growing me and giving me peace even amidst the storm. I pray over you right now if you're in the fire right now and you feel like you're being pressed down and you're being squeezed by life, I pray that you would not allow that to limit your testimony but that you would share how you're trusting God even amidst the pressing right now and that you wouldn't pull away from that but you would just be filled with all all that is required. God, I pray a boldness and a joy upon this church. God, I pray in just a moment as I release people this morning to come and receive prayer, there's things that we need miracles for in here. Yes, church, there's things that we need. God, we need you to move. There's health that needs to be restored. There's broken relationships that need to be renewed. And so, God, we invite your spirit to move right now upon those things. And God, I pray that we would declare miracles next week over what you've done in the prayer time this week, God. That someone could say, I came on kids Christmas to see these kids shout, go tell it on the mountain. But what I really needed was my marriage to be restored. What I really needed was for my father to be healthy. What I really needed was addiction to be broken in my family. And you came and you did that, God. God, I pray a greater testimony than our expectations. And we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. All God's people said... Amen, amen, amen. Here's what we're going to do. Yes, let's celebrate the Lord. Amen, amen. Our prayer team up front, you, if you have things to pray for, come up front. If not, I want to say be dismissed, be blessed. Please sign up to serve for our toy outreach on Church Center. But I really, really encourage you before you go, if you need prayer, right now is your moment. I release you to come receive prayer, and I release you to just enjoy your beautiful Sunday morning. Amen. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to the Banner Church Podcast. We hope this message was impactful for you. Check the episode notes to visit our website, follow us on social media, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you again next week.